Hey yo, it's the legendary DJ Marley Mall. Alongside Kali Bond. Right now you're checking out the Legendized Podcast. On this podcast, we go beyond the origin stories of hip-hop's greatest artists. And producers and the classic records they made. What's up? Legendized. Woo, it's your boy DJ Legend, a.k.a. Marley Mall over here. Alongside DJ Kali Bond, episode cinco. Ooh, we in there, five Woo. for y'all that don't know Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> what up, what up, Kali Bond, man? It is going really, really good. Another banger. Yes, yes. With another honorable guest. Of course, of course. You know we got to keep it honorable. And thanks for everybody. I'm seeing them comments. They yes. loving what we're doing out no there. No doubt. Man. Thank you for that support. Keep Word. it coming. Yo. Hot topics, man. What you got today, brother? We are celebrating 40 years of craft work in the industry. You know what, man? What's good? Craft work is one of those groups back in the day that really inspired me. You know, if it wasn't for Giorgio Moroda, we was listening to some Kraftwerk stuff. Oh, Transjip what? Express. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Tour computer games. Tour de France. You know what I'm saying? Numbers. Like, yeah, yo, those was those early joints that people used to pop to and dance to. Those was early hip-hop breaks. Well, what was their production like? They was electronic. They were straight electronic. So we're talking about <laughs> drum machines <laughs> and synths and stuff like that? Yo, there's electronic Trans- in 70... Euro Express... They was in, in 73, they was doing shit that motherfuckers is just learning how to do in fucking Appleton right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how far ahead those motherfuckers So were. that's why we're talking about them in Hot Topics. I remember Disco Twins used to come to Queensbridge. Oh, the twins. Put their birthdays in the park. Birthdays. And play Trans Europe <laughs> Express. Yo, that's my childhood right there, all wrapped up in a fucking in a in, wrapped up in a base bottom. Outside the park. Outside in the river park, right next to the water with, with Manhattan in the background. Craft work playing. Craft work playing. That's your soundtrack. And motherfuckers roboting around. <laughs> <laughs> you was doing a mean robot, Marley? I had a mean robot. But your craft work was one of those, I mean, come on, man. The craft work songs and groups like that got me into wanting to be a producer because I wanted to know how they made these electronic songs. But not a hip-hop producer. No, I wasn't. I didn't want to do hip-hop because I thought hip-hop was mad corny back then, so I didn't want to be part of that <laughs> You heard it here first on <laughs> the Legendized Podcast. Word, I didn't think it was. I'm, I'm going to tell you a hundred times, I didn't think it was going to be shit. I was one of them niggas talking about, that shit ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Word, and look at you now. But hey, I had to, I had to, Put my hand in, in into it yeah. somehow. A simple fade of sampling, and you know what I mean. Back a whole totally different sound for hip hop. Yo, bro, I, I was one of the first people on that fucking bench talking about that shit ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I was the first person to tell you that shit, and then I got with Mr. Magic, and then I had to play this shit. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck here playing this shit. I have to like, play wow, this shit. I gotta play this shit, oh, man. <laughs> I gotta be something better. Then I started incorporating little break beats, you know, with the records. Uh-huh. And then we started sampling little kicks and snares. And, and the production came and the in. the production started coming in. And then they started wondering, like, yo, what the fuck is they doing over there? 
You know what? We making hits. It was about being great. Legendized. And close to 40 years. Later. Later. And you know what? I didn't know that I was like creating the blueprint of what producers would be doing later on right. down the line. Hip-hop. Remember when Kanye did the Jay-Z album blueprint mm-hmm. and he started sampling, people were like, oh, he took it back. Yeah. Let me tell you, man. I, you know, I admire a lot of producers. I admire a lot of people that picked up what I started and, right. and carried it and, and brought it to their own dimension. But I got to say, the one producer that I think that really took sampling to, like, the next stratosphere yeah. from how I, I I presented it to the people, but he took it to the next stratosphere. And, you know, I always got to say, it's always Kanye. It's the Kanye West. I think Kanye. I, Easy. You know, because even when you're pitching up samples and speeding them, mm-hmm. he, like, took it. He took it there. You get what I'm saying? He took it beyond just taking a kick, a snare, or something and looping it and making a sound. This motherfucker was putting samples in key. Ah. You, you get what I'm saying? Yes. You know. Yes. That's... It was like he took it to the next level where the sample pitch, the sounds of the pitching of the samples, he would have them shits in key. Now, Bob James was interviewed and was being asked about how he felt about his work being sampled. That was his only pet peeve. Mm-hmm. It was that when you sampled and you changed the pitch that everything else didn't remain in key. Right. That, that's what the old sample is because now everything's time stretched. If we'd had time stretching back in the day. Oh, my God. If I would have fucking time stretching, my nigga. It would have made things a lot easier. It would have made things a lot easier and songs would have sounded better. But then I'm thinking if I'd had time stretching and I would have did Eric B as president and I would have really time stretched a real funky president beat with over like a fat rat bass line from the record. I mean, I could do it right now in 10 seconds. In Serato. Right. <laughs> but right, back right, then, right, right. that's what have been a whole all day affair. Trying oh my to God, you had to chop it up. Yeah, you chop, didn't have the sample right, time. Right, oh right. my God. If we'd have had time stretching like that, I mean, that was on the Publa sign. That was on like like the expensive shit. Wow. But we we using fucking 12-bit SP12s. Right. And what are they using now? All up to 64 on yeah, something? 64-bit, 24-bit and up right now. They will tell you that makes a difference, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's crisp. Crisp and clean. So, I want to discuss something else on the next Hot Topic. What's that? There was uh, an article and also an interview with Hall & Oates. Uh And they say they opened the door for crossover music. Do you agree with them? Yeah. Them, and I got to go. You know, I'm going to always take it back to Queen every time I could. Because I... Motherfuckers swore Queen was a black group when America, when Another One Bites the Dust came out. Everybody thought that was a black group. Another One Bites the, the dust. dust. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that was around. The, that they was one of the one of those groups that the hood it fooled the hood. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Because it wasn't until they actually saw them right. with the making of videos, or et cetera, et cetera, that right. they were exposed. And Holding Notes too. Holding Notes they fooled the hood back in the day because they were playing a lot on. Urban radio. Right. Frankie Crocker was playing Hall of Notes. He broke them in New York City. And he was the dude that would put that blue-eyed soul on. People don't know. That's how, you know, I'm going I'm to let y'all know. I'm going to legendize y'all on this. That's how I went on the radio. If I throw on some blue-eyed soul, oh, and if you on the other station trying to out-black me, cutting and scratching. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you no, that back ass, off the mic on but that, that ass though. You could be on another <laughs> station trying to outblack me, cutting and scratching with your elbows and with your mouth and all that. And I throw on a blue eyes soul record. I probably get more listeners because you running the blue eyes soul away by outblacking me. Right, and and like Colin O said, they open the minds of commercial radio. Of course. I'm telling you, man, when I do Blue Eyes Soul, that's my highest numbers on the radio. You know, I, I believe me, I mastered this radio game. Who else are you feeling in terms of Blue Eyes Soul besides Hall and Oates? From back in them days, Rick, Rick Ashley. Rick, uh, together forever, together. He had a crazy voice. Come on, bro. Stop yes. playing, man. Yes. Come on, bro. Yeah. Chicago's the shit. Wow. Chicago, then. Come on, now you're taking me into my... And taking me classic to the bridge rock. Right now. Classic the, rock. Now man. we're going into Marley's specialty right on, now. Don't, don't even take me there. That could be a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now this is the part of the show where we gets down and we gets a little dirty with it. You know what I mean? In this segment of the game, you're gonna find out who chopped you. What the <laughs> this is called Who Chopped Ya? Who Chopped Ya? Who Chopped Ya? Who Chopped chopped ya? I got something for you today, What Marley. you got today? What you got today, brother? I was digging. Yeah, you was digging? And I pulled out something called Daisy Lady Ooh. by Seventh Wonder. Oh, that's and produced from back in the day. by Seventh Wonder in 1979. Ooh. I know you know it, but just in case anyone out there doesn't, it goes a little something like this. Now, you know, that's Daisy Lady, produced by Seven Wonder, and that is called Seven Wonder, you know what I mean? And Big L, Dangerous, produced by the Beat Miners wow. in 1997. Well, OC, okay. They rocked it. This is how it went when they rocked it. Woo! Uh, you don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. OC's on the mic and you don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. I'm looking for the big Cino's like that's a new slang word, you pulsino. OC B minus. Wow, Mr. Walt and wow. Evil D. That's what's up. I got man. something for you, Molly. You ooh. might or might not like this one right here. Okay. This is the Treacherous Three at the party produced by Sylvia Robinson in 1980. Okay, let's hear it. One like this. Uh, and with the treacherous, the treacherous, the treacherous three Gonna rock from the bottom to the T.O.P. You, you have to see Molly's facial expression on this one. <laughs> okay, it wasn't sampled. It wasn't sampled. It was replayed over, which is your favorite sound of hip-hop, right? Let me tell you, let me tell you. That's, that's around the time when I thought hip-hop wasn't going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> because because they took they took a joint they, they like a, like Daisy Lady right, and a, replayed it and it sounded like that sounded like that that sounded like Daisy's Lady like warmed over shit that's the that's the that's the twelfth wonder <laughs> <laughs> well how would you have done it Molly I would have got the real song and looped it up the way we did it right here with Down by Law produced by me in nineteen eighty 
six. MC Shan. Let's go. Ah, so you looped it, but you threw some drums and a little extra sauce on it. No doubt, no doubt. You know, because, you know, I want to bring the real hip-hop back because I wanted real loops, real cuts. You wasn't feeling that interpolation? Nah, 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 nah. Bands, I mean, bands was bands back then. Bands was dope, but the real records was the shit. So that's why you really didn't favor bands replaying samples. Come on, man. You heard that shit. <laughs> you, ain't, you don't even favor that shit. <laughs> it doesn't matter what system what system you got. Yeah, you don't even favor that shit. <laughs> Sitting there talking to me, trying to, trying to be here with a serious face. I can't even. No, you, you, I can't even. You're right. You're right. So that's, you know what? I think, man, we got to take that Seventh Wonder Joint Man from 1979. Wow, Guess Daisy Lady. Is. Guess what it is. It's going to be Legendized. Let's get personal with our guests for episode five. Hey, yo, our next guest coming up, man. He's born in the Bronx, moved to New Jersey. He got a phenomenal breakbeat in his catalog called 900 Number. You remember what? the Ed Lover dance? The, the Ed Lover dance. The theme was of that. Crazy around the world. Yeah. He also produced. Flavor Unit, which included Chill Rob G, Lakim Shabazz, Apache, and of course, our queen, Latifah. Ladies first. The early Flavor Unit stuff. Wow, yes. that got them off the ground. We also did the remix on the top 10 single, Keep It Together, Madonna Ooh, back Madonna's in the day. Madonna's joint. Hard Knock Life and... Jay-Z. That's right. And he did Eminem Stan. Stan. Tell them who, man. Tell them who the fuck we had sitting there. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it is our legendized podcast guest. He is known as the 45, 45 King. King. Yo, what up? What up? Happy to have you on Legendized Podcast. That's right. It's my boy, Kali Barn, right here. Hey, hey, what's happening, man? Ever since Future Flavors time. No doubt. You know, he's always rocking out with us, you know, so, you know, we're going to put him on here and do it up like this over here. Yeah, let's get to the very, very beginning of the 45 King. Hmm. Molly just found out that he's originally from the BX. I didn't know that. That's that's like a ding for well, me um, right there. Yeah, um, I used to live on Hollis. Oh wait! Right, right. Oh, I used that's to my, live. that's my hood. Right, right. I had um two eleven dads, eighteen Hollis Avenue. Oh, okay, that's right, around the corner from you. <laughs> you, you originally a Queens cat, Queens cat. Right, you know what? David D lived around the corner. Oh wow! Ooh. When I lived in Queens, I was um like five, six. Wow! When I moved to the Bronx, and then we moved from the Bronx. My mother. Was worked in the post office, so she used to go from uptown in the Bronx all the way to mm -hmm. Jersey, Seacock, New Jersey, and back every day. So okay, she didn't wow. want to do that. So, so she bought a house in Irvington, and I didn't really want to go to Irvington. So I went to Queens and to live with my father, and he was on Hollis. Okay, and I and I hung out with um some people out there, and I ended up hanging out with David D. I actually, no, David D was the first person I seen with a twelve hundred. Him and cut his blow, and the arm was broken off. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I said, wow, this don't work, but wow. Because, you know, it had a slide. 
I said, wow, Slider. <laughs> so, 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 what's your the first time you heard hip hop? Where was where was you at when the first time you heard hip hop? Oh, where was it? It was like the park, and somebody was playing on. You know. Brown. B-Boys, yeah. Uh, Give it up, uh, turn it loose. Oh, no, yes. no, no, I can't say that because I remember um, like my 13th birthday party, I see two B-Boys break dance against each other. Ooh. Yeah. Is this in Queens or Jersey? This is this is the Bronx because um, they played Scorpio. And mm. uh, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. They turn the hat around, boom, boom. Better than they, you know, the guy in each other's faces. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that's funny. Right? <laughs> he, he's making the exact B boy face right now. <laughs> All up in the camera. Word up, word up. Hit it, you know, up rock. I said, wow, wow. <laughs> so then, and then after that, I did a party for the guy next door. I bought the turntables and he bought his mixer and it was yes. Breakout, Ooh. was doing the party. Ooh. And I said, I said, I said I said, do you need any records? He said, yo, I got records. Oh, okay. You know what the craziness is? The first time I ever heard any hip-hop, it was a breakout tape in, in, in high school. And right in, the, um, right in the cafeteria, somebody walked by with a box, with a breakout rocking tape. breakout tape, blasting. Right. And everybody was following dudes. Nigga named right. Calvin. I never seen him again in my life. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now, now, that party, right, was across the street, right? I started out doing the party, and then the guy bought some records, and he finished it out which was Breakout. The first time I heard Scratcher, yeah. right? The first time I heard um, Passport Machine, you know what I'm talking about? You know, you know what Passport is? Um, oh. Oh, oh, okay. the break, the break. Right, the break. right, and they was, they was hustling to it. Ooh. <laughs> Right. And I said, wow, I guess he does that record. Wow. Oh, so you were DJing at that time? You were DJing? Right. Yeah, I was DJing. Okay. okay. I was pretty good because I knew how to spin 45s. Mm. Pretty, pretty fast. So that's where the 45 King came from? Yeah, later on, because um, the 7 inch only have 7 inches of friction on the platter. True. Where right. twelve yeah. inches, twelve inches on the planet, and I just spin it back real fast. I just put the yellow disc inside of it. Yes, right, right. and you know, right. So you know, put the line on the record. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your logo right there. <laughs> Yo, you know, I'm just saying in general that yellow disc in the middle. Yeah, right. And that, that's 45. part of your logo. Yeah. Oh, so you were DJing before you got to Jersey, then. Oh, way before, yeah. There is fans out there, especially of yours and the culture. So we want to expose all of the 45 King. So we're going to ask you to get to the roots of the 45 King. I don't know what they're going to do to you if you don't. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. No, no, that's what I'm talking about. That's about the podcast. Thank you. They might get you if you don't. No, no doubt. <laughs> so what records or two like really, really inspired you to start DJing? DJ, right? Um, just begun. Boom, 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 boom. Just begun. Jimmy Castor. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I asked my father to buy me that record. 
I said, Dad, buy me a record. <laughs> and he bought me um just begun. Well, okay. Just yeah. done. So I remember Earth with a Fire album, Gratitude was out. Mm. I was in ninth grade. I started DJing in 1976. 76. Well, you know, I started DJing in 77. Because I remember it was, a, it was a song out called Disco 77. Oh, that was, that's and, when you just and, started. And, yeah, that's like when they let me on the set, finally and shit. And your first joint that inspired you to DJ was? Um, The first song I ever... Um, and made me want to DJ. I was already, what made me want to do hip hop was Dance to the Drummer's Beat. Ah. Hey, hey, you know who was nice? Chuck Chilla. Yeah, Chuck Chilla. Chuck Chilla was nice. Yeah, Chuck Chilla. He, BX. He, he got like a like a rough, on, on an orthodox rough style and shit. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I was at a party in the park, you know, get it all by Mandrill. Get right. it all. Yeah. yeah. Check what it is. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Going back to back. Woo. Okay, he was flashing. And the crowd went crazy. I said, go uh, ahead, Chuck. Come on, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck has his moments. Yeah, that's real talk. It's funny Chuck though. Have his moments. I literally live around the corner from Chuck. Oh, okay, that's what's up. I lived on Two Twenty Sixth Street, and I think he was on Two Twenty Second. Wow. Right, but um, he was down with Chaos. It was Chaos. It was the Brother Disco that was Breakout. Yeah, and that was about it. You know what's so funny about back in the days? Back in the days, a lot of cats was called that disco in front of their names. You know what I'm saying? Even if you listen to early rap records, they're saying, disco, right. disco. You know, right. it's like, because they was really playing disco, and those were the disco breaks. Basically, yeah, 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 yeah. Disco yeah. King Mario. Wasn't that the record dude? Uh-huh. He was the disco right. king because he had the joints. Right. That's that's real talk. I mean, if early, early hip-hop was definitely on some disco shit and some fucking... Some SWAT shit. <laughs> early disco is definitely, definitely early rap, man. Yeah, and the break beats when the B boy breaks, disco, right? I believe, to be honest, we used to sample stuff and put it on records, and that shit used to be on the fucking disco breaks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, you went from DJing in in New York City, and then you went to New Jersey. Yeah, how'd you meet Latifa? I met Latifa because I was um, kind of like a hot DJ in that area, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was from the Bronx. I had I had gazelles and I had um, British walkers. <laughs> real ones, real ones. Yeah, we got it. I, I was a big dude, too. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. Okay. And I stood out and I was better than that, better than that, better than that, better than that, better than that. You yeah. know, all the rest of that. But um, they was blending two records together. Mm. Uh, their favorite record was uh, ah, hey, 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 uh, Martin Circus. Martin Circus. was their favorite record. Okay. Mm. 
That's a classic in the garage. Garage classic. Right, right. I Studio well, 54 classic. Right. So I kind of like, I understand hip hop. I understand club records now because I moved to um, Jersey. Oh, of course. Before uh, I was like, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now I get the boots. The house vibes. Well, you did make coming to my house with Latifah. You get, you did make coming to my house with Latifah. I mean, that that's that's like a classic. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. The pool is open. Come into my house. Yeah, that was a classic. That was a classic. I did that with um Vaughn Mason first. Wow. I lived in Vaughn Mason house. Wow. Oh, right. In fact, Bob Mason's Ma legendary. Bob Mason, right. He made Bounce and Rock Skate. He used to live around the corner. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. He, and then he's he, a Jersey. Yeah, he's, he's a Jersey cat. Then he, then he went to Power Play and started staying in Power Play working hard. Woo. Okay, that I, I didn't know, but because um, he had a studio in the basement. Wow. And I did um, this cut got flavor at, at Bob Mason's. Legendized. Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't even answer your question. How I met Latifah? Yeah. I did the party in Irvington High. Ooh. And I met uh, Miss Miss Owens. She hired all the DJs. Mm. And that's how I met um, Latifah. And we've we been cool every, every, you know, ever since. She's like my little sister. My rich little sister. <laughs> <laughs> and you were DJing for her. And, and, and how did that transform into producing? I produced for her first. I, I, oh. I, I produced for her first. Oh, go. he produced first. Okay, right. okay. Well, right. this, was the, this was the thing, and I want to thank God. And, you know, I just been lucky, okay? I just been lucky to, to be in the right spot at the right time. I was getting rappers at the time, um, looping up beats, giving it to Red Alert, and Red was playing them. Mm. Give him something else, Red was playing them. Walter Fred's up with Red Alert. Right. Okay. Now, um, Ramsey said, well, Mom, how about you know, trying to... Um, to produce these people. And I said, okay, no problem. You know what I'm saying? So Latifah was one of them. So that's how that happened. Wow. Okay. That's what's up. You know what? One time I was watching um what? Video Music Box, right? And they was like, uh, I what? believe Ralph, Ralph was like, yo, I'm in the basement right now. He was with you and Latifah and she was rhyming. Right. He was cutting. Where was that at? That's in Irvington, New Jersey and that was Fat Five Freddy. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It was Fat Five. Turn the, turn the paper around. That's on the back. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I got a question for you, man. What's your relationship with Dante Ross? How'd you meet Dante? What's that? What's up with that? Dante brought me my first um, nine um, nine hundred. Ooh, the sampler. Ooh, ah. okay. wow. I met Dante from Russell Simmons. Dante Ross used to like the way that uh wow 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 used to kick mark I like that. Oh wow, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So he was going to Tommy Boy and he needed to um he needed some somebody to bring the Tommy Boy. Ooh. He heard Latifah from Fat Fry Freddy. Right. And when I heard that he was interested, I said, Hey, Latifah, um Tommy Boy Records are interested in you. We need to make up a demo. You know, come over, over to my house and we make a demo real quick. And we made a, and she said, Cost to live in Argentina. Yeah, wow. Ooh, that's dope. Nice. Her first joint. She's at gold and arrogant, vain and using each other to compete with. These subjects are pity, cause their minds are not witty, like mozzarella around it, so delicious you could eat it. <laughs>
And um, they loved her, and they loved her, um, her energy, all of us of that, and blah, 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 blah. That's how I met Dante Ross. And then before we even signed contracts, he came to my house with the 900 on his. I said, I guess I'm getting signed. I got the sampler. <laughs> right, and well, then 900 I remember wow. that I didn't know how to work the 950. And okay. I remember um, Hank Shockley. Oh, wow. I'll show you how to work that. So what part did you have in the flavor unit? Well, there was like all my kids. Right, right. It uh, said that you would approve everybody that got in. Yeah, Nordy was like, yo, as soon as Mark came down and shook his head, we was on. <laughs> they said that a few episodes ago. I remember Tretch. I had a long talk with um, Sylvia Robinson about Tretch and the record that he did. And, mm. and then they was off the label. But um, what I did was um, I told Benny Medina about Apache and Tretch. Ooh, wow. And okay. I remember Benny said, Tretch. Like, you know, like, if I say his name, you know, how does it feel when I say his name? <laughs> I remember doing that shit. And he, and he said, um, and he, and he said, Apache, he said, Apache, is he a real Indian? I said, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, I love Benny, gave me money. I love anybody, give me money. Right, right. Okay. Now, um, how'd you meet Apache? Apache um, was dating my next door neighbor named Melissa Harris. Mm. And I didn't know he could even rap. Right. Okay. And, then he, and then I figured out that he could rap. Get your coat deep, throat, and get swayzy. I'm not to get back anybody who plays me. Don't try to flip button up your lip. Hell yeah, I'm on that tip. And I ain't shit. Apache, you ain't shit. That's what they're saying, Apache, you ain't shit. So what you playing in? Apache, you ain't shit. So fucking what? And the funny thing, between him and Lati, whoever's... Whoever write the last is the best. You know what I'm saying? Mm, mm. Him and Kurt, Lord Alibaski, all mm. of them are nasty. Yeah. Uh, Lord Alibaski, I just attacked, attacked and attack hoods. I engaged in war spell backwards. Two things can happen. You can win a bleed. There's no escape in the hands of a centipede. Mm. Yo, he was nasty. Woo. He was nasty. They, all, they, all, they was all cousins. Uh, Patsy and um, Lati was brothers. Whoa, okay. Okay. Yeah, you, I remember in the beginning... Yeah, like a whole crew around you. Everybody started coming to you for all type of beats and shit. <laughs> Just looping up, I was looping up everything in Breakout Crate. They was all from the Bronx because oh, I was from oh, the Bronx. Oh, okay, so all out of Breakout Crate. That's oh, dope. Okay, yeah, that's what's right. Up. All of that, all that shit came out of Breakout Crate. Wow, that's what's up. Legendize. This is the story of how a film gets made. Starring Josh Rubin. It's his first feature. You were the worst, Aya Cash. Can we not do this right now? <laughs> and SNL's Chris Red. He's not doing it for a paycheck. Okay, okay, I'll see y'all. Join us for the making of Scare Me, a horror comedy from the brilliant mind of Josh Rubin. This year you're going to make a movie no matter what. Tear down the fourth wall of filmmaking with our crack team of investigators. Don't you come at me and try to get me to spill some stuff. This is Make Cool Shit, hosted by Aaron Heafitz. It doesn't get any better than that. Season one, make a movie. Three, two, one. <laughs> Everywhere you enjoy podcasts. So I guess I'm going to learn the film business. Now, ladies first, was that um, Latifah's first big record? I don't know. I you know, you know, people are gonna tell me one thing, 
They go to right. my people one thing. Right. But you you know what? I think that that was a very huge record for for Latifah. I mean, that put her on the on the on the map and it put her in, in a in a great position too. Because she was saying ladies first. Yeah, you know, ladies, she was she was dressed Afrocentric at that time. It was like just what everything needed that was needed to set her apart from all the other MCs. Yeah. You know, that I mean that made her royal. That gave her royalty. Mm-hmm. The beat was crazy though. That was that was a banger. It was yeah, it was an up tempo too. Yeah, that was a banger. That was a banger. That was really a banger. Kick it, the rhyme, it is wicked. Those that don't know how to be pros get evicted. A woman could bear you, break you, take you. Now it's time to rhyme. Can you relate to a sister? Now, you and Molly both have something in common. Huh? I mean, besides making beats and producing and being legends, that's what y'all do. You both have Tough City in common. Oof, Tough City. I mean, my, my Tough City years was funny. I wasn't really getting paid. I was getting, he was giving me records. He's like, yo, you know, he have gems. He had 45s. He's right. like, yo, I'm going to give you a box of 45s if you mix this song. And then the 45s, I'm finding, like, Impeach the Presidents, the, the, the backbeat for the symphony, other type of shit like that. So he used to be like, yo, here, hey, I got records for you. So I used to go and make a, a quick joint for him, but get a whole box full of 45s. And it was shit on every 45 because he was, like, the uh, editor for Billboard, a funk and soul editor. In the 60s. A soul editor? Funk and soul editor Funk for Billboard. Funk and soul editor. Okay. So he was getting shit that never even came out. I didn't know that. Yeah. He was the Funk and soul editor for Billboard, Aaron Fuchs. He used to go to um, where you bought 45s for jukeboxes. Woo. He went dead to buy Rex. Oh, wow. Okay. And how I found that out, it was one of those cards in the bottom of the box. Wow. He gave me 900 number. Ooh. Uh, he gave me a handful of records, and the 900 number was in it. Wow. Oh, but wow. Uh, I was saying, considering that the 900 number didn't have a bad beat, didn't have a bad drum, nobody else. Everything I sampled, nobody else would have sampled. Mm. I just got lucky. God hooked me up. God hooked me up. That's true. Uh, did 900 number change you or change your life in any way? No, nah, nah, not really. I, I, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, that was that was a big record. You see Ed Lover doing the dance. Ed Lover dance. On fucking, yeah. On fucking MTV every day. Right, right, right. I know that felt good. And then Kane used to play it too. Kane used to come out with it. Right. How many successful breakbeat records were there in hip hop? Anything bigger than the 900 number? I think 900 number is one of the dopest. I got lucky. Re- remakes. You said you got lucky? Huh? I can say that too. I got lucky too with Aaron. Aaron was giving out gems, though, Aaron Fuchs. eBay didn't know what he had. Right. A lot of times, you would think that people know what they have. Right, that's why he just gave you a whole box. And- right, they don't, they don't know. But, and then- but every joint was something. Though. It was like fucking... It was like fucking Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. When you looped up the 900 number, that beat stood out more than any other beats that you were making at that time? But what I did was I slowed it down a lot. Okay. A whole lot because it went da 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 Now, if it if if it was a part of that record that didn't have any um horns on it, 
somebody else might have used it. Mm, okay, right. but considering that it had that horn going through the drums, nobody really didn't care. So, I, like I said, I got lucky. I slowed it down a lot. And, and you put the beat, you put that beat under it, the kick and the snare. I don't know. I don't remember what what um what beat I used, but um yeah, that's a hip hop anthem. It is. That's that is it a hip hop anthem. That's like you throw that shit on any fucking where. I was lucky. I got lucky. Well, that air. I mean, the air to pick out certain loops. I don't think that's luck. I think that's just a talent and a skill. And the funny thing too, we could all have the same loop, and it's gonna be it's gonna be different. You also have to have the uh, the opportunity to put it out. Right, Whoa, right, that's, right, big. Right, that's big. That's big. Now, okay, how good you think you are? Okay, just because you got a record deal, that don't mean you're good. That means somebody gave you an opportunity. Okay, yeah. that goes to something you mentioned earlier. Oh, you said that Red was playing your joints. How did that relationship start with you and Red Alert? Marky Fresh used to go to Latin Quarters every every week. And I said, you see this $150? I'm going to take this $150, wow. make a record. I said, you want to get down? There's no more. First you do it and let me see what's going to happen. Oh, I knew you wasn't going to get down anyway, but okay. So <laughs> I took that $150. I got it pressed. I got it done. I had the record. I said, okay, do me a favor. Next time you go to the quarters, get used to Red Alert. Okay, went down there. So Red played it, and he said, oh, this sounds just as good as stuff I'm playing. Let me play it. And he started playing it on the radio. But did you know Red Alert then, personally? No, I didn't. No. Oh, okay. Oh. Wow. All right, so the relation. Oh, okay. I don't know if Marky Fresh knew him, but Marky Fresh was at every party ever. So it got into Red's hands. It got into Red, Red's hands, yes. Now, mm. if he didn't do it, you would end up with a copy too. I would have took it to um Bill S. Uh oh. Ah. Uh-uh. Yeah, he was coming through. He was coming. You was coming through with um, acid plates. I didn't have to because I got hooked up with Red. Right, 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 right. right so, right. you know, and then I knew Chuck real well. You know what the craziness is? If if Kiss FM would have put you on the radio back in them days, Ooh. it would have been some shit. Yeah. yeah they would have, you get what I'm saying? It would have been like, it would have been not, not so unequal. The way it was because I was a producer on this side, uh-huh. banging every week something new, bang, 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 bang. But you was giving them something new every week, right? Like with promos, you was giving red promos with people rhyming over it. So you was kind of like me over there. Ah, right, right, right. If that's how you see it, okay. Yeah, because yes. you was that dude bringing that exclusive shit to them. They wasn't in the lab making that shit. You was. Yeah, I thought you was lucky because. You could make a hit by playing it on the radio every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the crazy shit. The crazy shit was everything. Yeah, we needed con- we needed ammunition, bro. We going up against Red and Chuck. Uh-huh. Okay, did you know I did spread love? You know I did spread love. Oh, of yeah, course, of course. Okay, okay, okay. Come on, of course, come on, kid. Love. Love right. That's one of those. That's one of those um, phenomenal moments in my life when I heard that I'm working with with Mr. Magic on BLS, and I'm hearing spread love down there. Like, why this nigga give that shit to them niggas? Oh, but, to Red, he gave yeah, it to Red. Yeah, but I understood, though. I got it later on in life. I think you did shoot it to me later, but I was like, that's one of them pinnacle moments in life, you know, when I heard spread love. You heard spread like, love with them crazy drums. With the, drum, with, with the drums? Yes. With the, you know yes, where the drums from? You know, Love Thing? It was on the breakbeat, and it went, boosh, that. Boop, 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 that, boop, 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 that, boop, 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 boop. 
Um, it was on the break beat. Like, I do believe that all of the songs that I looped up, nobody else. You wasn't using recycled beats. Like, mm. you wasn't coming up looping something after I looped it. Right. You wasn't doing the old Herbie, like waiting for somebody to loop something and get it hot. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, legendized moment then right there. Uh, then go, go loop the same uh, beat up later on. Legendized. So, I'm starting to hear that you and Kane made a demo of Set It Off before I got to it. Is is that true? He told me not to tell you. <laughs> no, no, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. So just stand still and chill as I feel. Science I drill until my rhymes fill your head up. Don't even get up. The teacher is teaching, so just shut up. Set it off. Because at one point, everybody was, everybody was coming to you for demos, man. Everybody's like, yo, try this out. You know, because no, at that point, nobody even knew what how to even use a sampler. But they would see what somebody was doing and then get inspired and be like, yo, he did that. I think we could use this. Then they would run it to you and be like, yo, try this out. You get what I'm saying? So it, it could have happened. I had a, um, a reel-to-reel, and I put mm-hmm. the two pieces together. Mm-hmm. But the tape was real long. You made a loop. So I had like a, a spindle. Yes. Right, right. I made a loop. And you know, right. and it went all the way around. It, it went around the, the um the thing that play, and then it kept back. Because Biz used to be, yo, how did you loop that beat? That beat is like nine bars long. I, I did it like that. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And then you put the drums under it after that? Um, well, I forgot what I did. Like a DJ, you know, played over. I didn't, I didn't have a money money to buy um a Lindrum. Back then. I used to go to Power Play and rent their drum machine, a Lindrum. Go up in there. I think it was like $25 an hour or $20 an hour. I'm going up in there. I'm like saving up two hours of studio time. Go up in there, tap out a quick beat, and walk out with the tape. Now, um, I know you were around Vaughn Mason a lot, but sonically, did you hear or were you inspired by any other producers that you heard on record or, or you heard around you? Well, Hank Shockley used to do his thing, so I had to say his name all the time. And then Marley, I had to say his name all the time. As soon as I was able to sample kicks and snares, everything was better once I was able to do that. Okay. I remember, um, Billy's, yes, sir. Wow, talk about it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, release yourself, the Aleems. The funny thing, that's where I was headed before I did hip-hop. That's, like, before all my hip-hop came out. You wanted to do music like that? I, I was doing shit like that. What would you call that? Club music? I was doing club music. I was I was a techno... I was, like, electronic head. So I was doing electronic hip-hop. To be honest, my first record that I ever made, I wasn't shopping that record. I was trying to play some electronic beats to Arthur Baker, and he heard, like, one second of Dimples D. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I've been, I've been rewinding past that on the cassette. He said, what was that? I was like, yo, that's some shit I'm making in my house. That's not what we're here for. Yeah. He's, like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, let me hear it anyway. I was like, okay. I let him hear it. He started moving around. I'm like, yo, hold up, man. He's like, yo, yo, that's what I'm looking for right there. I was like, yo, I'm not even finished. That's some shit I made in my house, in my living room. He says, well, we can have it out next week. That's how my first hip-hop record came out. Time was up, they just couldn't believe what the man Molly Moore has just achieved. To get the people dancing on the wackiest jam. Cause Molly Moore is one hell of a man. Go to those DJs that think you're the greatest. Stop looking, listen, cause you haven't heard the latest. 
legendized. You know what I want to ask you? How did all those remixes start popping up? Because you, you did a remix, you know, you did back in Madonna. the day. The Madonna, the Lisa, Lisa Stance, New Kids on the Block, New Kids, David Bowie. How, how did all of those remixes come about? I was hot, remember? <laughs> he said, I was hot. <laughs> yeah, that was that's all it was. I was so I was so blessed, you know what I'm saying? At that time, no doubt. I didn't. I, didn't, I wish I would have did the right thing, you know. But I, I didn't right. do the right thing, so you know. But I'm still here, you know. I'm you know. Yeah, no doubt. So so yo, so you had a little bout. I don't know. They said that you had like. You were smoking weed with um some dust. dust in it. What happened? What happened, Houston? Um, what was you doing? What was your job? I was doing. I was. I was smoking dust like everybody else was. No, no, I can't say that. Like everybody from my time period used right. to. Okay, right. No okay. doubt. No doubt. I bumped into somebody that knew where to get it from. Right. I said, "Good, give me some." You know. Right. Right. So right. yeah, and and then with me. It gave me the balls to to talk back to people and do certain things that I was, too, you know, gave me some balls. I was watching skate movies and shit. <laughs> Yo, all right. <laughs> Tell me one beat you made when you was high off dust. What is one of the beats that you made? All of them. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, no, actually, no. Um, I can't front. It made me do better beats because I would get more into it. But uh, how do I love thee by Kula T? Right. Yeah, I was I, I was just here on my. But it is embarrassing. I lost my dog. You know, it's experiences that we go through because everybody touched a little something on the way up. But God hooked me up. God hooked me up. He definitely did. So really, Hard Knock Life was like... Yeah, how did that come about? How did how did Jay-Z even hear that beat from you? How did that even happen? Kid Capri, Kid Capri heard it somehow, and he said, yo, Mom, give me that if I can, if I can play that out, out loud. If I can mm. play it. And the only way for me to give it to him is to make an acetate of it. Right. So he asked me for it. He asked back then, it cost like $40 to make acetate. Right, right, Yeah, the right. plate. So Jay got a hold of it, and and then he reached out to you? Or how did that happen? He heard it and he called up um because at the time Latifah had it had the track also. Ah, it's one of those. Oh. Okay. Damon Dash and Shot Kim, right? Right from Flavor Unit Management. They had to, you know, get us somebody to get the track. So Damon did it first. From standing on the corners popping to driving some of the hottest cars New York has ever seen. For dropping some of the hottest verses rappers ever heard. From the dope spot with the smoke block, singing the murder scene. But the good thing is, if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have had um, Stan. Okay, so Stan is paying my taxes right now. No doubt, okay. no doubt. Let's, that's, let's that's, every every that. producer needs one of those. Everybody needs a Stan in their life. <laughs> <laughs> How did uh, Eminem hear the beef from Stan? How did that happen? Good question. Antoine. Um, Foxy Brown brother. God bless okay. you. Okay. okay. He was always cool with me. Antoine gave me some money for the track. Mm. Okay. But I think he got it from um, Interscope Budget. You know what I'm saying? Oh. He, he used money from them. Was this beat actually being discussed between Foxy Brown and Eminem? No. Okay. So how did that work then? I think a DJ, I, I don't forget, forgot exactly what he did, but somebody told me he was... um. Jimmy Ivey's nephew, I believe. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how true that is. Okay. 
So anyway, he heard it. He said, yo, M, M brought it like this. So he, he played for M. You said Antoine also wanted to... Right, for Pretty Boy. Pretty Boy. He, he bought it for Pretty Boy, his brother. Okay. Then, um, what's his name? Jumped in and um, Steve Stout. So you'll yeah. do it all. Yeah, we're going to give this to M, man. M likes this, so we're going to give this to M. And I was overjoyed because I knew M was a um, platinum dude. Yeah, that's Jay-Z and then Eminem. Yeah, I was very happy. I said, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Every producer deserves to stand in their in they catalog. That's real yeah. talk, man. Would you say that Mama Said Knock You Out was yours? Or, or what yeah, was I would say, say yours was? The LL Project, when we working with the LL Project, was one of those for me that, that would secure me through life. Right. Where... A lot of the other records, like a lot of the Juice Crew songs I did might be popular in the streets, might have got a lot of mixed show love, but the publishing ain't making shit. It wasn't commercial. Yeah, it's not really making no money, but... And that was just I I believe every every producer deserves to have something in in their catalog that they could live off for, too, because everything don't hit. Now, 45 King, were you a part of the, the studio session? They don't want me around. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's, well, that's good to ask. No, you know, don't say that, Mark. Guess what? We're going to be able to do this without you, Mark. What they need me for? Okay. Ain't that something? But, still, but the pub was right. I would have been like, yo, take the session. Go ahead, man. Make sure, <laughs> make sure my splits are right. Yeah. <laughs> Legendize. What happened in your career after Stan comes out and it becomes a huge global hit? Isn't, isn't that album Diamond? What? That album's Diamond, right? It's about diamond. I got a lot of big checks, and that was that about it. What about musically? Back in the studio, were you looking for more projects, or did you? I fucked my name up. You know, you may have didn't do it on purpose, mm-hmm. but you did it to yourself. Even after Stan? I'm trying to tell you. If I would have waited until I was DJ Cali Large, then started smoking dust, who would have gave a fuck? Got you. I'm, um, what'd you call that shit, um... When you think somebody's talking about you, uh, what you call that? Paranoid. There you go. Paranoid. That you know. Paranoid. You paranoid. Yeah, yeah. I'm just paranoid that people think shit about me without hanging out with me. That's real. Without coming over my house, you know what I'm saying? I remember one time I showed up at your house in Jersey. I was with Do It All one day. He's like, "Yo, Mark live around corner." Right. That was that long, long ago. No, the real, real talk. That's right. But that was like maybe um right before the pam pandemic. What do you call that shit? Yeah. No okay. doubt. So it was like, you know. And he just we, did a pop-up? Just did a pop-up at Mark's house. I remember you opened the door. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, no, that was too close not to stop by. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Marley yeah. Mall popping up on the 45 King. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> that's a, that's kind of dope. And, he, and then he gave me some 45s in which I still got. That was oh, just yeah. fresh. You gave me yeah. a box. You gave me a case with some dope 45s in it. And which that's my 45 carrying case when I go DJing. Oh, you yeah. Know what I'm Thank you, my brother. Hey, how can I, I tell you no? How can I tell what you no? Know? Now, if you came to my house, do I look like I'm fucked up when you come to my house? Nah, you was chilling. Shit, shit was chill. I was like, yo, you got, like, it's like a museum. Yeah, it's like a museum. You chilling. It got the phone booth. You yeah, said it has a phone yeah, booth. Nigga, and nigga people was actually recorded in the phone booth? Yes, this nigga was chilling. It was the mic booth. Yeah, the nigga was chilling, man. All type of. Gadgets and cute shit and nice. Well, well everything was neat. Neat, yeah. right? It's a little yeah, dusty it's now. It's a little dusty. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, you, yeah, know, but, but you know, but you living, kid. You living. Right, thank you. You living. But people Are don't see that. So what I'm about to do? Right, right. You know what it is too. 
You're not one of them dudes that be out there just talking and yapping about nothing all the time on or the angry. internet or, or angry or, or about angry. shit. But right now, luckily, my Eminem money should should last longer than my heart. Okay, gotcha. so yeah, thank God for that. Gotcha, and yeah. that's how it is. I'm very fucking happy. Well, I could tell you one thing, man. God has blessed you, man. In oh so yeah, I'm good. Ways, brother. That's mm-hmm. real talk. You know? Yeah, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been re, I've been refurbished. I got my teeth fixed. You know, got had breast reconstruction. I had a tummy tuck. Wow, you got money. You got money done. <laughs> you get all that. You get you getting Funk Master Flex on me. <laughs> Molly, back in the, I was yeah. three hundred and thirty pounds. Yes, you. I lost one hundred and thirty wow. pounds. And the funny thing is, I still have people trying to tell me how to lose weight. Wow. Once you lose forty, once you lose fifty pounds, you're an expert. But a lot of people should be happy for me that I lost weight because it was a struggle mentally. I will always feel like I'm three hundred and thirty pounds. Okay, because right? people don't understand how the damage is done. Mm. Some things you just can't walk off. Yeah, yeah, because it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do if you're gonna do it. No, it's time. real hard. Actually, yeah. no, it's easy. Stop smoking dust is easy. Actually, you start realizing you don't need it. No, you gotta realize. Oh, did I tell my mother that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reality check. The reality right, check. Right, you got it right. Somebody got to really that somebody that you trust got to really tell you. Did you know what you told me yesterday? What you told me? Blah 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 blah. blah. And you got to believe them. Right, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you know, I didn't mean that. And you know, little, little that I know, I was like just yelling shit out and don't remember. So, let's fast forward to the present time. You know, I see you. I follow you on IG, on Instagram. Okay. What made you decide to, like, start sharing your beats on, on Instagram? Oh, because, because when I used to DJ, a lot of my shit used to get blocked. Mm. Ah, on IG. Right, okay. right. I used to so get blocked. So okay. this way, if they're going to block, they're going to block one at a time. Got you. Got you. Because it's very you. entertaining. And as you see, you know, people still want to know what's going on with the 45 King. Now, if someone DMs you on Instagram and says, I need that beat, are you entertaining them? First, I've seen how many followers they have. Okay. Mm. And that tells me a lot. And then I look to see what they post. But if you if you have a bunch of dogs and cats fighting, uh, you know, I'm going to have those type of beats. <laughs> I'm going to have those. Did you ever hear a loop or sample that someone else used that you were like, oh, man, I wish I had used that? I like a lot of P-Rock, what P-Rock does, a lot of what Diamond D does, mm. um, Law Professor, whatever Diamond he nice. does. Diamond In fact, you know, I want to say thank you to them because they actually say, when they, they say, yo, who's your top five? And they mention my name. Yeah. Nah. Well, Premier, he credits you for his his kicks and, and snares. Yeah, and I made sure y'all, I, I, I made sure y'all heard that too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's say it again. Yeah, the kicks and snares. Word. But you know, it's like the girls at the bar don't care. And who cares, really? <laughs> they don't, people do, Marley, is it obvious now that people don't care about kicks and snares? I mean, back then it mattered. No, no, it didn't back then. It didn't back then, really. In terms of hip hop, but just hip hop, but didn't that define what boom bap was? It was getting played, and that's all they knew. The DJ was playing it. That's all they knew. It's on the radio. That's all they know. They have to go by what they hear on the radio. And shit, I wish I could sell out. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sell out inside the side. You know, I'm on. I'm selling out on the- well, let me tell you. Let me tell you something. You have very, very, very successful records. People could say, yo, he sold out. 
because he, you know, you, you did a big Eminem record. For the and, remixes. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, he, and if that, you know, they could be like, yo, that nigga sold out. But Good. like you said, I, I'd love to sell out too. I like to sell, sell the whole fucking week. building out. Let's sell the whole building out. What do you think about hip hop today? I don't think about it. Yesterday, I didn't really think about it either. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't think about it, man. I'm sorry. I do get on people when when they diss the new with the new school stuff. You know, my business. Leave me the fuck alone. Go charge the cell phone. <laughs> you know, I always talk on behalf of the listeners because you know I'm sitting, I'm I'm sandwiched between two extraordinary, legendary producers. Thank you for giving us and sacrificing your time, Mark, because we know it's special if you're going to be involved with anything, even something like this interview. So we thank you. You are definitely going to be what, Marley? Legendized. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, Mark. Really Thank it, you, man. 45 King. That's real, Thank man. you, 45 King. I mean, because you, you, you hit us with some jewels. So, guys, hey, it was a fun, it was a fun interview. Yeah, this is, this is, this is great. I need to ask you a question when it comes to Mr. Magic. What's up? What's up? Where was your platinum gloves? Never had them. So why can Mr. Magic always said Marley Moore with the platinum gloves? You want like Michael believe, Jackson? Then? Why y'all believed it? <laughs> <laughs> we did. You know how many times I stood outside of BLS and waiting for dudes? Come on, come on. <laughs> gloves. <laughs> I was like, okay, Michael, got the socks. <laughs> I know Molly's gonna walk out here with some white platinum gloves, some sparkly, sparkly gloves. gloves. <laughs> like yo, well, I went to the Wiz. I was like, y'all got, y'all got platinum DJ gloves. <laughs> <laughs> DJ gloves. <laughs> Legendized. <laughs>